And we are back, folks, on the Michigan Insider, michigan.247sports.com. I'm Alejandro Suniga here with another episode of Behind Enemy Lines. Uh, this is the show where we take a closer look at the Michigan football team's upcoming opponent. Uh, very excited to have a football game to talk about. I think if you pulled, if you pulled Michigan fans, the Michigan team, and the Michigan coaches, uh, this is a game that all of a sudden became a lot more interesting, the Rutgers game simply because of what happened after the Michigan State game last Saturday. Uh, that's not a topic we're going to cover on this podcast. Uh, instead, I'm very excited to have with me Bobby Darren. Uh, he covers Rutgers for 24-7 Sports, uh, our 24-7 Sports site, Scarlet Nation. Bobby, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, very excited. Uh, like I said, uh, it's been a very emotional week. It's been a very... <laughs> just a very busy, busy period uh, after that Michigan State game. Uh, that was a game, of course, that that Michigan had circled on its schedule, uh, you know, from spring, from fall camp as one of their goals of the season. Uh, winning that game was one of the four goals for the, the program this year. Uh, so, so that's emotional in its own right. Of course, the events, what happened post-game has taken on a life of its own. Uh, so just having a game is, uh, it, it makes me very happy, uh, gives us something else to talk about. Uh, so, so it's the Wolverines and the Scarlet Knights, uh, 7.30 PM out in Piscataway, New Jersey. Uh, Bobby, I'm, I'm really going to lean on you for this one, uh, given how, how busy we've been post game with Michigan state, uh, Rutgers is a program that, you know, it, it's climbed up out of, you know, out of it's what seemed like a real rock bottom. You know, there were. <laughs> There was a span of, of three seasons and four years, I think it was, where they didn't win a game in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, last year, uh, Rutgers you know, put a scare into Michigan at the Big House. It was you know, a game that gets forgotten a little bit given how the season ended for Michigan, but that was a one-possession football game that Rutgers was in up, up until pretty much the very end. Mm -hmm. uh, this was a season that started well for Rutgers, hasn't gone quite so well in the Big, Big Ten season again. Uh, so, so, so I guess, uh, Bobby, if you could just give us a quick recap of how the season's gone, uh, how the season's gone uh, for for the Scarlet Knights. Sure, Alejandro. Um, well, it's it's been really, you know, a tale of two um, units, I should say, because the defense has played really well all season. You know, they were seventh coming in, ranked nationally, uh, coming into last week's game against Minnesota. Um, now they're down to 13. But that number is kind of a little skewed because they didn't play the toughest of opponents. Um, but it, it, it has played well enough for Rutgers to win all their games outside of that Minnesota and um, and the Ohio State game. But the offense has just been sputtering. There's been quarterback injuries and, you know, they, they're still looking for help at wide receivers. So while the defense is on track, it's really been carrying the team the last couple of years through this Shiano rebuild. And even through this season, you know, you look at their four wins and they got there on the strength of their defense that the offense has just been, you know, it's been spinning its tires and going nowhere. Now the addition of Gavin Wimsett as, as a quarterback, uh, you know, he's a full-time starter now, true freshman enrolled early last year. One of the guys that come out of high school uh, that did that, you know, along with yours, um, he's really, you know, just kind of in the learning phase now. So uh, they're hoping that'll give him some kind of spark, but um, really it's, it's a team that's, that's relies on its defense heavily. Well, let's go ahead and, and talk about that offense. Uh, it's, it's one that 
has not performed uh, up to up to standards this season. Uh, certainly when you fire your offensive coordinator halfway through the season, uh, mm-hmm. that kind of gives you an indication of, of how things are going. Uh, I think uh, from an outsider's perspective, the thing that was most interesting, you know, you don't necessarily pay too much attention uh, to a team you haven't faced yet, but when you're seeing headlines like Rutgers playing four quarterbacks in five <laughs> offensive snaps, that's uh, like, that just makes you like, whoa, what, what's going on? Yeah. Um, I, I know, I know it's a new offensive coordinator. It seems like, uh, Rutgers has, you know, has stepped away from that a little bit. Uh, when I look at it, it's more like, at least they're trying to put and keep their best players on the field at the mm-hmm. same time, as opposed to always rotating them, I guess it is then accurate assessment. And then, you know, Gavin Wimsat, he's a, he was a four-star recruit. Uh, he's one of the, if not the highest rated quarterback recruit Rutgers has gotten in, in quite some time mm-hmm. he is now the starter. Uh, he will be making his second big 10 start. And I think third start overall, you know, mm-hmm. what, what should Michigan fans expect from him on Saturday? I mean, he's, he's got a, a strong arm. He can run the ball. Um, he got hurt running the ball, actually, when Sean Gleason was still the offensive coordinator. I just had him running, uh, you know, a play right up the middle, kind of like a fullback dive um, type play. Sorry, I'm in the stadium right now. They're testing the sound system. I don't know if you hear that. <laughs> You're good. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry, you know, working for the press box today after <laughs> practice. Um, but, you know, they basically just, uh, you know, take – take him and and try to put him in scenarios where he can be successful as a first-year quarterback. So, um, you know, it's not going to be too complex, uh, but he's a guy that they're going to get out and get on the run. He throws well on the run. And then, you know, he can also keep defenses a little bit honest with his feet because he can move the ball on the ground. But, um, you know, they kind of avoided the bad decisions that that he was making early on. And it it really – he's really starting to show – he showed some growth last week. The numbers didn't show it. He had a lot of drops from his receivers. Just, um, you know, just it's it's a learning phase. And and they figured, you know, let's let him loose now and let him get the experience. Yeah, speaking of those receivers, uh, there's a couple that that stand out uh, or a couple names that might be known to Michigan fans – uh, I guess the, the one main one is Aaron Cruikshank. Uh, he leads the team in receptions. He has a couple of receiving touchdowns. Uh, he also, you know, he, he's also a pretty solid punt and kick returner uh, and has also carried the ball a few times out of the backfield. Uh, another guy, uh, Sean Ryan, he transferred from West Virginia. He leads the Scarlet Knights right now uh, in receiving yards. Uh, and then uh, speaking to the run game, you know, I know that, I know that Winsat, you mentioned can run the ball. Uh, unfortunately for the Scarlet Knights, uh, their their main running option, uh, their their freshman running back, uh, blanking on the name, was it Sam Brown? Am I right? Sam Brown. Hurt. All right. Uh, he he suffered a season-ending injury a couple games ago, uh, and it really seemed like that that impacted uh, the the offensive output last week against Minnesota. That was a thirty-one nothing final. So so outside of Wimsat skill position players, anyone that Michigan fans should be watching, anyone who would be a, a weapon for the Scarlet Knights against Michigan? I mean, offensively, it's tough. I, I asked uh, Greg about this, you know, just earlier today about um, Aaron Young, who is a running back who was slated to be the starter, was hurt in the Gator Bowl last year, had knee surgery, came back for uh, just briefly against Indiana, then last week against Minnesota, had a couple runs. He looked 
good, but um, they're just waning him back because it's, it, it's been a process. So I expect to see him get a few more carries. I don't know how much of a workload they'll put on him, but he's probably their best option now with Sam Brown being out. Kind of a shame would happen to him because he was really starting to come on. He was Rutgers' best offensive player, true freshman, composite four-star out of Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, just had a foot injury and, and they had to shut him down for the season, had to get surgery. So he was their best offensive weapon. So when it comes to the passing game, uh, you mentioned Sean Ryan. He's had a few moments, but he's not a guy that's going to light you up for, you know, nine, ten catches for the game. Uh, it's really just kind of like, let, let's see what we can do and, and, and piece together something with, with these receivers. It, it hasn't been pretty this year. They really need to get someone to really help Wim set out. Um, but there's not that playmaker. Aaron Krushank is a guy probably would be the, the best playmaker by default. Um, really made his mark more so as a kick returner. You know, was a former special team player of the year in the Big Ten. But um, they try to get him the ball on offense, and I expect him to do that again. But there isn't a guy that's really going to strike fear in the defenses, especially Michigan defense. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, you certainly expect uh, when you have a freshman quarterback that, you know, as he gets more experience under his belt, that he will you know, become more comfortable. You, know, you don't expect receivers to have quite as many drops as maybe they did against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is also it's a tough defense uh, for anyone to go against much less uh, a freshman, you know, the Michigan, Michigan defense uh, brings unique, pl- unique pressures, uh, you know, some specialty blitz packages. They do a pretty good job of disguising what they're going to do. Uh, that's tough for any college por- quarterback, uh, much less, much less a 19 year old uh, who's making his, his third start. Uh, anyway, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, after the break, we're going to talk about the, uh, the significantly better uh, unit on the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, which is the defense. And we are back, folks, on the Michigan Insider. Uh, we are going behind enemy lines, talking about the Rutgers Scarlet Knights with Bobby Darren, who covers Rutgers for Scarlet Nation, our 24-7 site. Uh, Bobby, we just finished talking about the offense, uh, you know, an offense that has really struggled throughout the season. Uh, the defense, on the other hand, you alluded to this earlier, but this is a defense that's, you know, quietly or, or maybe not so quietly actually been pretty solid Uh, you know they're they're allowing under 300 yards per game which is top 15 in the country Uh, they're surrendering just 22 and a half points per game which is top 50 in the country Uh, now it must be said that Mo Ibrahim last week over at Minnesota was able to have a a very solid game you know he had 36 carries uh, excuse me uh, 33 he had 30 plus carries 150 plus yards and three touchdowns uh, so, so it's not necessarily a defense that's going to shut everyone down. At the same time, though, I've looked at, at these Rutgers box scores, and it's like if the offense had more of a pulse, uh, mm. the second half would be much more competitive in pretty much every game. So, so Bobby, what are the strengths of this defense? I know it's, it's a Greg Schiano team, so you expect, you, know, you expect some things when you face a Greg Schiano team. Uh, what should Michigan expect going into Piscataway on Saturday? You know, they play good fundamental. Uh, they play a swarm-type defense, and it's not really highlighted by one guy. Um, you know, there's some some top performers, but they're not – you know, it's not a defense that thrives on a, on a linebacker getting 15 tackles or an edge rusher getting three sacks a game. It's really about these guys just kind of doing their job. And, and, and Rutgers has been solid at all three levels of 
of the defense. You know, they've had good play from their secondary uh, for the most part. Uh, strong linebacker play. And, and the defensive line is probably the best unit of the bunch. Um, they're getting a little banged up with little bumps and bruises here and there. But um, it, it's been just consistent play from all three levels. And, and um, you know, they, they're at their best when they're taking the football away, creating turnovers. But it's been a unit that even when it's let up some big plays, it's it's been able to – to, you know, find its footing and not let the game get away from them. And, um, you know, against Iowa, for example, Rutgers gave up two defensive touchdowns, um, you know, the offense, I'm sorry, over tur- off turnovers. So they lost 27-10. You take that away, and, and your defense played well enough for them to, to be right there in the game. But you really hit the nail on the head. The offense just hasn't done anything. So by the end of the game, you're seeing that defense start to, you know, hands on their hips and, and get a little tired, and, and the scores, you know, start to, start to get a little worse than they actually are. Yeah, it was it was very uh, it was eye opening to look at that Minnesota game uh, and to see well it was fourteen nothing at halftime but also at the same time you know the the Golden Gophers had their first drive of the game went ninety nine yards it was like eighteen plays most of them were running plays it was the sort of thing where they you know they just it took up like ten plus minutes too it was like an entire quarter it was like watching you know watching Army like watching a triple option team just. <laughs> just put a chokehold on a game. And as I look, as, as I think about Michigan and I think about how they might approach this, I mean, if you ask Jim Harbaugh how he wanted to win a football game, I think he would answer, you know, let's snap the ball, hand it off to our you know, Heisman caliber tailback and let him grind it out and, and put this game into a chokehold, reduce the number of, you know, momentum swinging opportunities for, uh, for Rutgers I think we saw against Iowa that Michigan would be very content, you know, taking what's taking what's there, not necessarily putting up explosive numbers on the offensive side of the ball, uh, but also limiting the number of chances that the opponent had for, you know, for swinging the game with its defense. Um, So I I know you mentioned it's not really a defense that's uh, that's full of stars that's relying on one player is there one guy though or a couple guys that, that you think Michigan fans the Michigan team uh, should have its eyes on as potential playmakers keep an eye on Aaron Lewis who actually was at Michigan for a semester transferred back here um, he'll be closer to home for some family issues um, he's he's having a really good season um, at defensive end him and uh, Wesley Bailey Canadian uh, defensive end uh, they're their starters. They're, they really create a lot of havoc on the edge. And uh, in the middle, you have a six-year um, former defensive de- uh, tackle from uh, Temple uh, transferred in Efine Beja. Um, he's having a very good season as well. Um, these are guys, you know, that, that, that are going to be draft prospects too. So they, they've been having really good seasons. Tyreen Powell and Deion Jennings have been playing well at linebacker. Then um, you get into the secondary, and Max Melton's a guy who, was supposed to have a really big year um starting to put it together now uh safety play has been questionable at times you mentioned that drive against uh, minnesota the first drive it started on the one yard line and safety safety christian Izian came in on a blitz and they set the play up perfectly but he just bounced right off the, the legs of uh ibrahim and uh it would have been a safety if he could have made the tackle well, all right then. Uh, we will obviously see how this plays out on Saturday. Uh, Bobby, I always like to end with a with a prediction. It doesn't necessarily have to be a score prediction, uh, but just how you think this game will play out. Uh, I'll say the way I look at it. Uh, I 
you know, I, I hear talk about this being a trap game and I, I do buy it uh, just in the sense that, you know, Michigan just accomplished one of its season goals, but also uh, the, the beating of Michigan State has then turned into a, a national storyline about what happened afterward. It's turned into police investigations and on and on. Uh, and, right. with, you know, it's the first college football playoff rankings just dropped and all of a sudden it's it's November and it's easy to look down the line and say, well, there's Illinois come to town uh, and then obviously there's Ohio State. Uh, at the same time, though, given what Minnesota was able to do on the ground against Rutgers, I think this is a game I feel pretty comfortable that Michigan can go into Piscataway, play a pretty simple, straightforward game, reduce the number of mistakes, not that they ever make too many mistakes on offense, but but really limit the opportunity for those and come away with a comfortable win that that never really feels too much in question. How How do you think it plays out on Saturday? Yeah, very similar. I think, you know, they'll come in and and even if Rutgers gets some some series where, where they, you know, they get a stop or they, you know, do something offensively, it's not going to sustain for four quarters. It's just too much of a disparity from one side to the other. Um, I, I don't think Harbaugh runs it up like crazy on, on Rutgers. I, I could see Rutgers getting a touchdown and, and maybe keeping Michigan at some field goals, but it, it's going to be a game, you know, 35-7 or 36-7, something of that nature. I, I just don't see this Rutgers team, even if they come out and play their best football, you know, they just don't have the, the guys on offense to, to really, you know, keep pace in, in Michigan. So, you know, it, it, the matchup just favors Michigan heavily, and I don't see this one being close going into, you know, the late third, fourth quarter. Well, Bobby, appreciate, uh, appreciate you giving your insight uh, to everyone listening. Thank you so much for listening. For myself, Alejandro Suniga over at the Michigan Insider, uh, Bobby, who covers Rutgers over at 24-7 Sports for, uh, for Scarlet Nation. Uh, this has been Behind Enemy Lines. Uh, we will, uh, we will of course, be in Piscataway this Saturday and, and back at it with another episode next week. Thank you so much for listening. Peace.